This, 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 this is mythical. What's the best sparkling water? The Sport Crew says they have the answer. Check out their ranking of the best sparkling waters on the market, flavored or not. The Kit Kat, saucy chocolate layer between crispy wafers. Could this sweet snack have a cheesy Italian cousin? Today we ask the question, is a Kit Kat a lasagna? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we are discussing if Kit Kat is a lasagna. So this came up. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because the answer is clear. Nicole, no, it is not. Th- these are serious philosophical quandaries that we must take with respect. So this came up because we did, is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Sure. And many people responded with, Pop-Tart sure ain't no ravioli, but a Kit Kat is a lasagna. Hmm. And that got me thinking. Mm-hmm. I think a Kit Kat is at least more of a lasagna than a Pop-Tart is a ravioli. Because you got thin layers of some sort of wheat flour-based dough. Stay with me here, Nicole. You got meal, meal fouille. <laughs> meal fouille. Meal fouille. Millie vanilla. Hold on, hold on. Wait, Millie vanilla, they were great. I don't care that they, they lip-synced? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we all fake it sometimes. All the time. All the time. What do you mean? Fake it till you make it. Yeah, totally. All right, so a Kit Kat is definitely more of a lasagna than a Pop-Tart is a ravioli. You have thin layers of a wheat-based dough covered with a sort of sauce. Now, I know you may object at the word sauce because Kit Kat, obviously, is solid chocolate. Yes, it is. What happens when you throw that Kit Kat in the microwave? Sauce. Melted chocolate. That's called chocolate sauce. What happens when you you put a lasagna in the fridge? Solidifies. solidifies. Into the same shape as a Kit Kat. What I'm saying is a Kit Kat is very similar to a lasagna, so much so that I'm willing to call it a lasagna. I am willing to take the side of the radical lasagna inclusionists. That is the radical left of the lasagna political (laughs) paradigm. I am essentially Antifa of the lasagna world. (laughs) (laughs) We should buy that domain name, Lasagna Antifa. Yeah, do we have lasagnaantifa.org? We're going to buy it. Is that available? Can we we get someone to check? So I'm I'm willing to say it's a lasagna. I think it's similar enough, and I think to me the temperature situation that is a compelling argument. Okay. Nicole. So let's. Okay. So you clearly think Kit Kat is a lasagna. What about other layered foods? What about a layer cake? Again, is, as is a, a layer cake a lasagna? No, because layer cakes are leavened past a certain percentage of density. I think you ha- you must take mm. density into account. I understand. Now we've made Kit Kats on the show, right? We did the cinnamon toast crunch. Kit Kat. Yeah, no, it was delicious. It was delicious. And we, frankly, used an unleavened sort of dough or batter to make that pastry crust in the middle. We sure did. Right? And that turned out very Kit Kat. Like, I understand the Kit Kat wafers are technically leavened. However, I think if you were to take a density reading of, say, something like a layer cake, which obviously layer cakes are, I would argue, club sandwiches. Get me out of here. A layer cake (laughs) is a club sandwich. It's bread. To me, there's no distinction between- Cake isn't bread. Cake is bread. Cake's absolutely bread. What banana bread? Uh, Josh, that no. Uh, but, uh, stop it. There's two kinds of bread. It's... There's quick bread and yeast bread, but both are breads because they got bread in the name. Oh my gosh! Get out of here. Well, okay. I'm Marie just saying. Marie Antoinette said. <laughs> Nate said, "Hey, Marie Antoinette, what's up, girl? Uh, your people can't eat bread." And then she was like, "Let them be cake." So they're not the same thing. Yeah, and then they killed her because they were like, "Bread is cake, you <laughs> no, moron." No, it's not cake. 
cake and bread are similar, but they're not the same. That's like, okay, you know what? Whenever you do this to me, I hyperventilate. Low yeah. And right My now, strategy in these debates is to get, it's like uh, Muhammad Ali's rope-a-dope, right? Like you get your opponent breathing so heavy that yeah. they just can't keep fighting yeah. in the later rounds. Yeah. Because later you're just going to be so out of breath they're going to start agreeing to random I stuff. I just think that's my angel. I'm like, Mountain Dew is technically a bolognese. And you're like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's got liquid in it. So I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no. First of all, the Kit Kat uh, layer, the the actual cookie layer, is not similar to pasta dough. How would so? you consider? Would you consider so? a cookie? Would you consider a cookie and a pasta a sheet of pasta to be the same thing? How thin this cookie? Thin. Uh, we talking about a Stroop waffle because that that's sold. Yeah, a Stroop okay, waffle. Stroopwafel. Does a Stroop waffle count as a cookie? So I, I was going to bring does. this up the other day because they're sold in the giant bulk cookie bins at Whole Foods. Yes, they are. Which, if there's one thing the pandemic has made me miss, it's um like emotionally intimate interactions with other people. But the second thing is the Whole Foods bulk cookie bin. Oh my god! Because now you can't do it. Have you seen what Whole Foods is doing in like their hot bar? Yes, of course. They have like an attendant and you gotta be like, yo, give me a scoop of the brown. Do you know how much that sucks that I can't steal little nibbles anymore? That's the worst. I love... I w- this has stopped you from committing the smallest of crimes. Dude, stealing an olive from yeah. the Sicilian olive drum oh at Whole gosh, Foods. Oh my gosh, yeah. Don't even get me started on the olives that I used to taste test quote unquote I would just I would stand in line buy the olives but by the time I got to the cashier it was like a three quarters of the way done <laughs> and I was just spitting the pits into my palm I get did I tell you I got called out uh, I, I, I got called out for doing that by a Whole Foods cashier once you did but I did it unknowingly I was buying like a box of cherry tomatoes you know you go in the Whole Foods produce section and they yeah. have a little box of cherry tomatoes and it just said like you know four dollars it so, didn't say per pound. No, well, I didn't see it, but I also can't read and I have an astigmatism. <laughs> so this is where the conflict arose. So I grabbed this $4, what I assumed was a box of cherry tomatoes. Why else would you like put them in a box yeah. if they weren't pre-portioned? Sure. And then I was just snacking on them in line um, at the cashier, figuring like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's four per box. And the cashier like kind of looks at me and says like, enjoying a midday snack, huh? And I thought she was just kind of like Being bantering cheeky. with me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're good tomatoes, you know. <laughs> And then I just kept eating them, and she was like, seriously, are you going to pay for those? And oh, I was no. like, oh, it's sorry, it's $4 per box. So I figured I was just buying my rights to the box. And she was like, it's per pound. Oh, and man. I was just like, I don't know what to do. Oh, and she was man. just like, I'm just going to charge you $2 extra. Like, okay. she just decided. I was like, okay, one lady. I didn't eat half this damn box. I had like six cherry tomatoes. It's not worth $2. Oh, but I was so too sorry. embarrassed to fight it. It's okay. Whenever I used to go shopping with my mom, uh, we would both finish the cuties box. You know, the cuties <laughs> and cute box. And then we just throw the box at the cashier. Like, <laughs> and we felt so we would take the wrappers and we would like fold them up and like put them in between like, like the cans and stuff. Bad. She taught me some bad habits. I love my mom, but like, that's a bad habit. I would love to see a total tally of how much I love how we have a sponsorship from from Kroger on the YouTube channel occasionally but I would still love to see a tally of how much we have stolen from grocery stores over the years uh, with our little nibbles 300 unintentionally so what I'm saying is a Stroop waffle uh-huh. as seen in the Whole Foods <laughs> bulk cookie bin yeah I think would be thin enough to be reasonably considered a sort of pasta dough I don't think that makes any sense at all pasta dough has no sugar in it well, I mean, this this comes down to a sort of semantics issue of, of what you consider to be like food proxies, right? The Choco Taco. Do is, you consider the Choco Taco to be a taco? Uh, I think the Choco Taco is one of the most brilliant culinary creations of all one time. One of it's the most brilliant. It's the, I love Choco Tacos. Agreed. Choco Tacos are fantastic. No, I think it's a confection. 
that happens to be in the shape of a taco. But like, what actually separates a choco taco from a taco? I, I've had some like, <laughs> I've had some very legitimate because I think the tortilla could be, you know, the answer here. You what know, is the, a tortilla? Exactly. Especially I, the fact that like flour tortillas, there's this big movement. So many people think that flour tortillas are inauthentic and corn tortillas are authentic. But now there's this big movement, especially from people who are from like Sonora and Baja, Mexico, mm-hmm. and just you know. Mexican-Americans who grew up in the U.S. were just like, yo, I, my family been eating flour tortillas for 100 years. Like, why are you telling me they're inauthentic? Exactly. So if you say that, like, you know, a flat, you know, disc of some sort of dough made from either corn or flour or possibly even an alternative can be a tortilla, why not, you know, a waffle cone dough batter? What, is, a, is a KFC double down a sandwich because of bread? Of course. Oh, my god! A KFC gosh. double down. No, one not. more layer on a KFC double down and that becomes a lasagna. Get as a As a member here. of the radical left... A lasagna inclusionary group. Find us on Facebook. We're mostly Russian bots. Actually, Belarusian now. If you follow the news, Belarus. <laughs> Who thought that we'd covered the Belarusian autocracy problem yeah, in this podcast I. about Kit Kats? I sadly did. Josh, there is no way on planet Earth if I took two KFC double downs and I presented them to you, like here, have a slice of lasagna. No, I don't necessarily believe that that's lasagna. I think the case for the double down being a sandwich. <sighs> is slightly compelling. No, it's not a sandwich. It's just two chicken patties with stuff in the center. But to me, there's there's some element of intent to that. And I think this is where maybe my argument for Kit Kat being lasagna is sort of moot. Mm-hmm. Because to me, a KFC double sort down being a sandwich. Moot? moot. What does moot mean? Is moot a word? I, Did I make I it up? Ryan said moot today. And I was really? like, what are you saying, Ryan? Ryan's in my head. Moot seems like a word. means like kaput. Moot? Definitely. Yeah, look up moot. Oh, moot means uh, subject to debate, dispute, or uncertainty. Ah, my argument is moot. You are, moot, I tell you. You are just a moot person. Whenever I say, <laughs> say moot, I think of mootabal, the lovely yeah. Lebanese egg, or Lebanese, Armenian eggplant dip. Same thing. Ah, delicious. Uh, anyways, I think intent does come into play because they double down. The intent is for you to eat it as a sandwich. Yeah, but you don't eat a lasagna. You don't eat a Kit Kat as a lasagna. Exactly. That's why I'm now rethinking my radical lasagna inclusionary. It always system. happens. It always happens. That's the thing. You know, they say when you grow up, when you're young, if you're not a radical leftist lasagna inclusionist, you don't have a heart. But as you get older, if you're not a right wing radical lasagna conservatoriness, then you don't have a brain. That's what I'm. That's, yep. That's what everyone told us growing up. Yes. And we didn't think it was true. And here we are. Yeah. That's what they told me in grade five. There was an interesting thing about the double down. Uh, shout out to New Yorker food columnist Helen Rosner, who opened my eyes to the fact that the double down is just chicken cordon bleu. Absolutely. It sure is. Which to me is really funny because when God the double down it. came out, so many people were like, this is why America is obese, which one shut the hell up with that art. It is so anytime we make anything that's just like, I don't know, fried chicken covered in chips, which is like not even worse for you than just normal fried chicken. It might be a little worse. Yeah, but I mean, they're chips Hydrogenated oils. I suppose so. Oil. Yeah, you got yeah. some. But anyways, that's not the reason America is obese. The reason America is obese, and I don't even want to get into, you know, the whole argument about what obesity actually means yeah. for health and all that. But like- you know, our nutritional problems can be traced to just like government decisions about corn Big subsidies time. and poverty and food deserts in the inner city. It is not because of one person making a chicken sandwich. Sure, the conditions to make that chicken sandwich and have a market from it could have arisen from national culture, but like, nah, one sandwich ain't the reason. I don't Come think on. So either. No, I don't think one sandwich is the reason, but I do think it is a product of the government oh, yeah. and everything that we've created. Spam. I blame spam. <laughs> 
no spiced ham in a can. It tastes too is good. Is that what SPAM stands for, spiced ham? Yeah, a lot of people don't know this. Sp- a SPAM know. is a portmanteau for spiced ham. Oh, uh, you love the word portmanteau. Portmanteau is my you favorite word. You say portmanteau more than I say like. You know why? Because it's a Jeopardy word. Uh, I learned yeah. it from Jeopardy. The intent of Kit Kat, right, is it's not to eat it. It's a candy bar. It's... Oh god, I got the tu- I got the tuna, <laughs> tuna egg burps. Oh my god. Here's the thing, I ate a bunch of tuna eggs. <laughs> not eggs from the fish of a tuna, but I scrambled tuna with eggs. I'm trying trying this new uh macro counting diet. It's going really well for all of us. It's going pretty well for me. Nicole and Trevor kind of just make fun of me a lot in the kitchen. Go, Josh, no, don't put the yogurt in the eggs. And I'm like, I gotta put the yogurt in the eggs, it's got proteins in it. I had to stop you from eating a funion today. That is true. I only I ate half enforce, a funion. I will enforce the macro power on you. We normally like to be body positive on this podcast, but now that we're talking about radical left-wing Kit Kat lasagna inclusionary, I think we're just Josh, we're all over the place ideologically right now. Josh, you cannot sit here and tell me that you think a KFC double down is a sandwich and a lasagna is a Kit Kat. You can't do that. That makes no sense. Hold on. Your world is just all kinds of topsy-turvy. Hold on. Okay. Let's look at lasagna and what it really means, right? We're talking about the casserole style of lasagna because the intent of a Kit Kat is to be eaten as, you know, a sort of snack, right? It was what invented in Britain for like... Don't ask me. It it was like invented in Britain for people on their tea breaks and then they were like, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar and so they would break it. And apparently there was a single tester in every factory where after a Kit Kat would come off the line, they'd take it and make sure it broke cleanly, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really stupid until we made our own Kit Kats yeah, and they didn't it's break real. they didn't break cleanly on camera mm-hmm. uh, and I was like I hate myself um, when that <laughs> happened and so now I understand we should have had a factory worker Trevor um, is our QC for the most Trevor's part Trevor's our QC yeah he, he kind of comes wears in wears a lot of hats around here yeah he really does God yeah. bless him he's mostly our swag doctor he yes he prescribed me 50 milligrams of swag after each meal okay what so I'm sure you go you go it Pasta, sauce, cheese, pasta, sauce, cheese. What is pasta sauce? Meat. What is pasta? You keep saying this term pasta sauce tomato like I know what you're talking about. and oh, or. Oh, tomato is uh, the only sauce. Sh- I'm this not pa- done. I said and or. <laughs> you don't even let me talk the whole way. Tomato and or pesto and or white sauce. And then you put vegetales or meats. And then you put the quesos. And then you <laughs> the do quesos. that. And then you do that like another like 70 times until you are satisfied with your lasagna creation. Nicole, you're you're a fancy woman, right? You like nice things. I like I I want to say pretty. You tweeted the other day that you wanted the Louis Vuitton <laughs> face mask, I believe, to prevent COVID but also look swagging. That was, I believe, what you tweeted. Can you confirm this? No, I tweeted and I said that uh, the world's morality is rotten to the core, and I cannot believe capitalism has done this. And then, in small font, I said, "Where can I get this?" Yeah, yeah. So you're a fancy I'm fa- lady. I'm, like fa- I'm fancy, yeah. I See, guess. I'm, I'm sure you've been to LA's coolest, hippest, fanciest Italian restaurant, Bestia, correct? Once with oh, my teacher. I know, like who could get in more than once, <laughs> right? Oh, such a fancy place. Mm-hmm. But did you ever have? They had an oxtail, I believe. Casarecce? No. Where the pasta dough was made with cacao powder in it. Nicole, that was chocolate pasta dough. It had raisins in the sauce. I'm saying there are sweet chocolatey pastas that exist in the Italian culinary canon. I Why can't that? What? And I get that. That's fine. Wait, did you actually have that dish? It's no. really one of the best. It's like no. truly one of the best pasta dishes no. in LA. When I went there, it had a saffron agnolotti. It was really good. Um, but no, <laughs> I have had chocolate pasta before. I've had Nutella noodles and like all that stuff. But like... I don't understand why you think Kit Kat was made with the intent to be a lasagna. It wasn't. 
It certainly wasn't. But I think we need to look at, is there a universal term? It's like, to me, the argument of like, is meatloaf a sausage? It's a meatball. What? It's force meat. (laughs) It's, well, it's, it's not. It's not technically meat. force meat, but some sausages are force meat. So force meat, we're referring to bologna and hot dogs, where the meat is like fully blended and emulsified with other things, so it's kind of smooth. Versus other um, fresh sausages like bratwurst, where it's typically a coarser grind. So sausage to me is an overarching blanket term for this like ground meat mixed with other things, and it doesn't necessarily need to have a casing because then what is Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage? Yummy. Or what is Mexican chorizo fresco? Even yummier. Even yummier. <laughs> oh, that's the tuna burps. Josh! I'm so sorry. That's I'm... the yogurt. Oh my gosh. It was fine until I added the yogurt to the hot scrambled eggs, and then it sweat, <laughs> so you got a little bit of yogurt condensation. Ew. We Why need are the macros, you doing Nicole. This to me? What I'm saying is, is there an overarching term for a like layered? Carb, carbolicious food that we can kind of apply to a Kit Kat. I don't Kat. think there has to, It's a confection. It is a confectionary. But there, of course, are like different subcategories within the confection, right? Just because yeah. something is sweet doesn't necessarily make it out of another category. No, but in. I don't think it should fall into the category of a casserole, which is what a lasagna is. I Okay, I may agree with that. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I believe I do agree with that. Thank that you. Kit Kat is not a lasagna. It sure is. However, it? I think there needs to be a let's call it um, an empirical term mm-hmm. to describe a layered dish like that that I believe lasagna would fall under. So I'm now switching my argument, Nicole. Kit Kat is not a lasagna. Ugh. However, both lasagna and Kit Kats are Napoleon. Oh, a Napoleon. For oh. Quel <laughs> fantastique! Quel fantastique! Indeed. I know what that Zut is. Alors. I love Napoleons. Tu écoutes Fatal Bazooka? That's my favorite French rap group. Yeah, so we're talking about Napoleons or uh, Millefeuille. They're the mm-hmm. same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the French pastry that is, it's puff pastry layered with cream, puff pastry, It's either cream, pat. it's either a creme pat or it's whipped cream. Yeah, Depends. so it's it's some sort of whipped cream, but we're saying it's some sort of layered wafer. 100%. Filling, wafer, filling, wafer. And that can be crispy or, you know. Have you, you ever have... had a soft Napoleon? No, I haven't, but uh, man. It defeats the purpose. This is tough. A lasagna is not a Napoleon. Mm. But a Napoleon, but a Kit Kat is a is a cousin, direct descendant of a Napoleon. I still think there has to be some sort of overarching category. Why? No, there doesn't. These layered foods. There doesn't. That, Nicole, that's how the brain works. That is the reason that man overtook lizards. Actually, I read an article and I think <laughs> it was something about mushrooms. No, I didn't read an article. Lucas yelled that at me during an episode. But anyways, that is the reason man <laughs> overtook lizards is the ability to take different things, put them in categories, predator versus prey, poisonous flower versus unpoisonous flower. It is our ability to reason and categorize that has caused us to evolve. I understand. We are on the galaxy brain of evolution with this Kit Kat lasagna debate. A Kit Kat and lasagna are so different. They're from two different planets. Women are from Venus. Men are from Mars. Kit Kats are from <laughs> Neptune. Lasagna's from Mercury. Okay. Yo, what was up. that book about? Was that Steve Harvey? No, that's another book. I think that's like the 90 day rule or something. Still like the that. same kind of like yeah, it's women just, and men are different. Buy my book to try and. Yeah, try to why. find out why yeah, you're yeah. still single. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you feel bad easy. about yourself. Buy my book. Yeah, yeah. The reason yeah, yeah. why you're single is because you don't understand women. <laughs> the reason why you're single is because you don't wait 90 days before you have intimate relations. You know? Oh, was that Steve Harvey's I whole thing? So. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. His mustache is so intense. What I'm trying to say is they're so drastically different just because they're layered foods does not mean that they need to be categorized together. 
Why, think, does, why do you have to say that? I think they do. I mean, Nicole, that is the whole essence of our podcast. A hot dog is a sandwich. Some could argue that hot but dogs don't not. need to be categorized. Or is it? But I'm saying this like need to categorize is something that is as old as time and something that philosophers have tried. Like, what is knowledge? Nicole, like, are we just staring at reflections of the shadows against the cave or are we truly outside the cave? Will you take the red pill? Is that Pluto? Plato. Uh, Plato, sorry. Plato. I was thinking about planets. Pluto? I was thinking about planets again. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you were thinking about planets, then you wouldn't be thinking about Pluto. That oh. is, Pluto is so disrespected. Kit Kat is not a lasagna. Pluto is not a planet. Pluto is a planet. Plato is a philosopher. <laughs> and Plato. Could you make a lasagna out of Plato? Yeah, if you're like playing. No, I'm saying like, like edible. Like if you, would you accept that as a lasagna? If you rolled out like Play-Doh. If my niece was like, hey, Nicole, I made a lasagna and it's out of Play-Doh. I'd be like, om nom nom nom. <laughs> Is that what how, you're asking me? What, how recently have you eaten Play-Doh? Like actually? Yeah, yeah. Or pretend to eat? No, like actually eaten. I don't eat Play-Doh. You've never eaten Play-Doh? No, I... Why but you know I that's a thing, right? That people... It's edible, yeah. Yeah. Like pica. Yeah, well, no, I mean, not even pica. I mean, if you think about Play-Doh, it's literally like a dough you're supposed to play with, so it is just made from dough ingredients. Yeah. I've eaten Play-Doh pretty recently. When? It's not bad. I don't know, like a year ago. Why? I want to try it. What color was it? Red. It tastes like red? It kind of tastes like red. No, it's it's like really kind of salty, but it didn't taste dissimilar from if you made like a salty kind of cinnamon roll dough. Like it has that pliability to it. Yeah, okay. And so I was like, yo, I get this. No. <laughs> but if a kid was like, hey, I made this lasagna and the, and the yellow sheet is the cheese and the white is the pasta and the red is the is a sauce and then I layered it on top of it and rolled it out and I'm like here you go of course I would pretend to eat it where'd you find this kid I am surrounded by children put him back <laughs> mine <laughs> <laughs> no don't be silly that, I think I came up with a lasagna a toy I came up with an answer final answer Kit Kats are not a lasagna and they're not a Napoleon or Milfoy Kit Kats and all other layered foods are merely parfaits I am now a radical parfait inclusionist. I have switched my allegiance from the Antifa lasagna. And I am now like a uh, black block parfaitist. What's a black block I don't parfaitist? know. I'm repeating terms that I've read on the parts of Twitter where I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't, shouldn't be, be here. here. I, should be, I should be doing my work, but I can't stop scrolling because the algorithm's designed to make me keep scrolling. But no, hold on. Think about this. Parfait, right? The only thing we can say about a parfait, because it doesn't have to be fruit, doesn't have to be yogurt, it can be anything, right? If you sure. went to say like, you know, I don't know, Pinkberry, and they were like, our parfait doesn't have any fruit in it, it's got like granola and some chocolate chips, you'd be like, mm, yeah, it's still a parfait. Shout out Pinkberry parfaits, one of the best yogurt confections out there. But I think a parfait can just be anything layered. So I would argue that a lasagna is a parfait, and that a Kit Kat is simply a parfait, especially when you melt it. It can't be temperature dependent. <laughs> a parfait is not even in the same grouping. Not I yet. Would, not yet. Just, because the people I haven't would, been woken up. I would... Uh, sheeple. Listen to me, sheeple. <laughs> Parfaits are more like lasagnas than they are like Kit Kats. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. A lasagna is a parfait. We'll say, we'll, we'll say that. A lasagna is a parfait. It's, what, what, what makes a lasagna a parfait? Layered, liquidy... But liquidy, that's temperature dependent. No, no, uh, what do you mean? It's how so I'm saying, no, I'm saying when the cheese, <laughs> when the, Nicole, when the cheese solidifies in the fridge, because you've cut a slice of hot lasagna versus a slice of cold lasagna, Yeah, right? you got to let it rest a little bit. Yeah, let it rest. I mean, you, you take a lasagna straight out of the fridge and you slice that, that is solid. There ain't no liquid there. That liquid is Are you eating up. it that way, though? I might be eating it that way. Why? Does that, if I throw well, a Kit Kat in the microwave, intent. does that, mm, that's fair. 
Okay, hold on. Who is I'm, cold I'm now, I am now rethinking my position on the radical left lasagna inclusionism oh my and God. my black block parfait inclusionism. I think I'm just a classic like Trotskyist trifleist. I believe all these foods are trifles. Oh my god! No way! Oh my god! Are you kidding me? You are just you are just talking about layered foods like it's your job. Well, that, that no, is no, my no, job. no, no, no. A trifle and a parfait are the same thing. I agree with you on that. Trifle and parfait, same exact thing, just different delivery mechanisms, different stuff in between. Whatever, fine. Well, lasagna. And where does lasagna come in? Where does Kit Kat come in? You can make a Kit Kat parfait. You can make a Kit Kat trifle. You cannot. Make a Kit Kat lasagna. You can mm-hmm. actually, you can make a Kit Kat lasagna. You take the Kit Kat and you put it on the bottom. In the middle, you put chocolate sauce. And then you put marshmallows. And then you put another layer of Kit Kats. And then you put M&Ms. And then wild card chocolate covered gummy bears, which are one of my favorite confections of all time. And then you put strawberry sauce. And then you uh, put some crumbled up Pop-Tarts. And then you eat it. I'm starting to rethink <laughs> my position on my radical Antifa lasagna inclusionism. And also my black block parfaitism and also my Trotskyist trifleism. And I think now I'm just a Maoist s'moresist. And I believe that all these foods are technically... No, I, I see your point about thing, certain things being unable to be categorized. I don't think And certain things having a need because everything. what's... Yeah, I suppose what is the need to categorize? Like my one of my arguments... We're never going to fully flesh out the hot dog thing, but I like to drop in little nuggets. One of my arguments for the hot dog, you know, possibly being a sandwich, who knows if it is, is if you had hot dog on the menu, like if you went to a Cheesecake Factory, I'm not saying a Cheesecake Factory, but a restaurant with a menu that's large enough, you know, like a diner. Sure. Like if you go down to like, you know, the NoHo Diner or yeah. something, they got that big old menu. And if you see like omelets, pancakes, sandwiches on the menu, to have a hot dog underneath the sandwich blanket would totally make sense because yeah. you're eating it with your hands and spread. Okay. So that has a reason to be categorized. I suppose Kit Kat has no reason to be categorized as a lasagna whatsoever, or we have no reason to categorize all these layered foods because that is not what makes them similarly useful to us. And we don't need to categorize them to evolve as humans. But then how do we maintain dominance over the apes? We don't. You know, in all these movies where there's like small little animals kind of like swarming people, because everyone talks about the spiders could rise up because they, they outnumber us like 8 what million was that to 1. movie with the spider? Eight legged freaks? Big spider. No, no, the big spider. Harry Potter. <laughs> no. Lord of the Rings. Both have Denise big spiders. Denise Richards had a gun. Oh, Starship Troopers? Is, big, is that a big Well, yeah, but they were, they were, they were, they were, what were they called? Ryan Bigs, would know. Big spider. Yeah, yeah. They were they were like arachnids. They were uh, arachnids. They were bugs. Starship Troopers is actually a really incredible metaphor for just like um, American style fascism. It's a really fun, really fun movie. Not fun. It's a great movie. Casper <laughs> Van Dien, come on the podcast. So what have we decided? <sighs> so there are all these like very silly kind of philosophical leaning questions out there. Like, you know, is Pop-Tart a ravioli that we like entertain pretty fully? I feel like we fully fleshed that one out. In its entirety we and sure decided did. maybe. <laughs> but with regards to Kit Kat being lasagna, there's no like need to try and categorize it as such. You I know? agree. And I think that it goes even further away from the Pop-Tart ravioli paradigm. So at first I was willing to entertain with my radical Antifa left-leaning lasagna inclusionism. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think so. You kind of opened up my eyes with the fact that there's no reason that it has to be categorized like that. And it's certainly not a Napoleon. It's not a trifle. It's not a parfait. What? Co- it's not a cake because it's unleavened or at least minorly leavened. Cakes ain't crispy. So, I don't know. I, I think it's not a lasagna. Kit Kat is not a lasagna. But what is baked ziti? Uh, Tony Soprano's <laughs> kid's favorite dish. Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call 
Opinions are like casseroles. Can you do a uh, can you do a beatbox version of that? <gasps> nope. It's like, <laughs> no, no, that is one of my biggest fears is getting caught in a beatbox battle because I listen to so many beatboxing videos. Shout out to Swiss Beatbox on YouTube, one of the best, I'd say the best YouTube channel out there. In fact, all of their YouTube channels pale in comparison to Swiss Beatbox. Such amazing content from all around the world. Um, but I will just make little beatbox noises because I'm listening to so many videos. So I'm just walking around the office just going like, just sounding like I'm farting from my mouth. And anyways, what I'm saying is, first up, we got Ashley MG 2487 Cheap garbage foil wrapped Easter eggs are my favorite chocolate. That's cool. I think, okay, Nicole, how do you feel our, our Jewish version of this uh-huh. is, I mean, I grew up eating Easter gelt? candy too, is gelt. Oh, gelt is gelt. cheap garbage foil wrapped chocolate coins. I love gelt. You love it. I hadn't had gelt in like a couple years and then I went back to my grandma's like maybe when I was 25 a couple years ago and she like had some Hanukkah gelt that I'm sure was from like 2004. Oh yeah, was it like bloomed and white? It was bloomed, yeah, yeah. It has that like kind of fuzzy look on the outside of it and I tasted it and I was like, this doesn't even taste like chocolate. It's just kind of chewy. It's the worst chocolate. It's the worst wrapping, but it's so familiar to me that I love it. Yeah, I just realized that that wrapping doesn't exactly hold, like lend itself to freshness. Oh, absolutely not. The opposite actually. (laughs) There's just constant airflow into your chocolate. The chocolate bends. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff added Ugh. to it. Um, that said, so much of what we love, especially from candy, is just like nostalgia. I agree. You know, and so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I love garbage chocolate. All right. Hey, underscore, it's underscore me, underscore Isaac. I used to hate al dente pasta, but now I prefer it over normal pasta because it isn't flaccid. Flaccid. <gasps> you said flaccid. The word is pronounced flaccid. Okay. Um, because it isn't flaccid. Thank you. I love my pasta very al dente. Sometimes it's so al dente that like it honestly has a crunch to it. And a lot of the times when I make pasta for like my mom or my dad, they're like, why is this pasta crunchy? And I'm like, because it needs to be. (laughs) But uh, I love my pasta al dente almost to the point where it's like undercooked. And I think I just like texture. I like texture too, but... To me, pasta, I almost just want the squishy. This, I think, is where our palates diverge yeah. the most, is that I love overcooked pasta. Not to the point where I it's, like, mush, but I just hate, like, when it's so al dente that, you know, when you pinch... This is how I learned to cook pasta from Rachel Ray. When you pinch the noodle in half, mm-hmm. and if you can still see solid, opaque white, yeah. and it's not done, I absolutely hate that. I hate when you get that little bit of raw flour taste. And what's really funny, one, a lot of people... Use the term al dente just to mean, like, undercooked pasta. Mm-hmm. But, like, you cannot cook fresh pasta to true al dente. No. This is the thing that I've heard uh, Italian cooks say that I, I truly believe. And so there's a lot of people who are, like, cooking fresh pasta for, like, 30 seconds, then pulling it, and then they're like, it's al dente. And it's like, no, it was fresh. It's supposed to be, like, supple and tender. And, and yeah, ribbon-like. I'm talking about box pasta yeah. here. Yeah. Have you, have you been to um, Felix? Not yet. Evan Funky's restaurant? No. This is like one of LA's fanciest restaurants and everyone was so hyped. Have you it been? came out. I haven't been. I've never had their Let's pasta, go. so I can't say. But it famously got left off the LA Times 101 Best Restaurants list uh-huh. by Jonathan Gold. And he said something like, the chef and I clearly have a fundamental difference in how we believe pasta should be cooked. And he always shades the under. And I was like, yes, yes, the best food critic in the world, R.I.P. Jonathan Gold, an absolute legend. But the best food critic in the world agrees that some pasta can be undercooked. To me, that's like a thing people are afraid to say is that this pasta is undercooked because someone's just going to go, oh, no, it's al dente. That's how Italians like it. We should go to Felix. Yeah, mushy pasta for the win. 
<laughs> at Carter BH underscore Arby's sliders are elite level fast food. Did my dad write this? <laughs> Does my dad have a an Instagram I don't know about? We have so much family history with Arby's. My my mom and dad had their first date at Arby's, and that relationship ended real well. So. <laughs> So Arby's like, <laughs> I agree. Arby's is the most, and also shout out to friend of the show, Bill Oakley, who's an, uh, an Arby's fan. Even though the Simpsons had a, uh, there was a famous joke that was like, I'm so hungry, I could eat at Arby's. <laughs> Josh, the fact that your parents had their first date at Arby's means that you're here. So it's actually a blessing. It, it I'm so glad you're here. A lot of lawyers got paid uh, for <laughs> divorce settlement. And, you know, I ended up on this podcast. I'm glad so things that your parents went on their first date to Arby's because I would have never met you. That so. is true. Yeah, uh, shout out to Arby's for that. Also, Arby's is just delicious. Beef and cheddar, give me that. Uh, Arby's is my dad's favorite restaurant, and sometimes whenever he goes to Kaiser Permanente because his pancreas is bothering him, he makes me get an Arby's sandwich and take it to the Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> You've had to make Arby's deliveries to hospitals? More than once. <laughs> so what we're saying is Arby's sponsor the podcast. Please, my Brought dad's to you pa- by beef. Brought to you by Nicole's dad's pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, uh Lynn underscore three sixty nine underscore GC. Japanese mayo is the best mayo. It's good mayo. My favorite mayo is the one you make by hand. Yeah, my favorite mayo is the one you make Trevor buy from Ralph's because it's best food. <laughs> best, <foods, laughs> best foods. We have so much mayonnaise in the free in the fridge right now. Yeah, I and in, now that I'm influx. counting my macros, you realize how much macros is in mayonnaise. Oh my god, it's just a <laughs> macro factory. <laughs> to be clear, I'm only doing this counting macros thing for like a month because I went so far off the deep end yeah. one weekend of just only eating like literally hot dogs, pizza, lasagna, an Italian beef sandwich, and ice cream, like a whole course of homemade ice cream. So we're just trying to kind of clean out the pipes a little bit metaphorically and physically. Um, but Japanese mayo became really, really popular from a bunch of like kind of hipsterish restaurants in yeah. LA. Though it's called Cupie or Cupie. I say Cupie. I feel I've heard like people I trust say Cupie, but I don't know. But anyways, it's the the Japanese mayo brand with the baby on it, and I believe it has more egg yolks and MSG in it. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is all up on Cupie mayo. I just don't like the taste of it as much as something like Best Foods. I've heard Dukes is the best, but Did we have Bill never Oakley had it. Did Bill Oakley say he loves Dukes? Bill Oakley, yeah, he gets yeah. like Dukes shipped to him. Dukes and Coleman's mustard, which is delicious, Coleman's but I've never had Dukes. That said, Best Foods is like just fine for me. Yeah, it's a good base. Yeah. Yeah. Just mayo, vegan mayo is actually really delicious as well. I don't do vegan You mayo. don't. You don't taste the difference. I don't. I just don't do it. Okay. All right, at White Guy 651, casseroles are the best way to get all your daily food groups in one meal. Yup. Fruit? Agreed. Fruit? Tomatoes. Oh. Did you know that tomatoes are a fruit? D- don't even start with <laughs> me, young man. Don't even start. No, I, I'm a big fan of just the one pot uh, dish. Like, literally for lunch, I've just been making eating this giant stew. I prefer sk- stews to casseroles um, because <laughs> me too. I just like the wet. I'm just, a st- I was raised on stews. Yeah. Yeah, Choresh. 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 Uh, give me that wet, wet a Choresh. <laughs> There's some Choresh in this house. <laughs> Nicole, did you know that? My mom is going to be so proud of you. <laughs> Every time Josh speaks Farsi, I like record it and I send it to my mom and my mom just says, good boy. <laughs> merci, Shala. Merci. 
Um, let's see. Don't call me Caitlin. Says my sister mixes ranch and sriracha and calls it Sir Ranchalot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she's so clever. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's pretty funny and sounds good. Nicole just started mocking it, so I jumped in because I am a sheep. I, you know, bullies—they're not leaders; they're followers. And I jumped in, and I'm sorry that that is a very funny joke. And I like sriracha and ranch. Thank you. At Joe Spencer twenty four, internet chefs should talk about food safety more. They're the ones. <laughs> Teaching people skip. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about food safety. I think most people are looking at the wrong things when it comes to food safety, right? So people are mean? like, "Oh my god, you're chopping vegetables on that raw meat board," and it's like, "I'm putting the vegetables in a stew that I'm cooking for four hours. It doesn't matter." But then I understand why those rules exist in restaurants that you have to keep everything separate because, you know, those are institutions that have government oversight and all that. But like in your own home, it's just like best practices. So there are still people who are, say, you know, rinsing their their raw chicken in the sink, which is incredibly dangerous. The the raw chicken rinsing in the sink problem got so bad in, in England that they had to stop selling raw chickens for like oh months gosh. at a time. They they would only sell whole raw chickens in a bag that you like cooked in the bag. Oh my gosh. And they really? put out a whole their their health services put out a whole PSA that was That's like crazy. don't wash your chicken because when you do droplets hit the raw chicken and then just spray all over your That's kitchen true. then people are like well then just wipe it down. But the problem is people don't do that. You're not sanitizing every single moment. I I wash I wash my poultry and I wash my beef, but I always 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 Clorox the crap out of it. Yeah. After I'm not the chicken, like my surrounding area. My mom taught me to Clorox things. Wait, why do you wash chicken? I just do. That's bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, yeah, food safety is, ah, that's a whole mixed bag. Yeah, I, I just like to wash my chicken because sometimes there's blood. And I know that blood is a part of an animal and I just don't want it in my food. And I just wash it and then I spray my whole area down with Clorox because I am healthy. This is why we can't talk about food safety because no one agrees. Because we have no of food safety. Like government agencies have just come out and said, like, don't wash your chicken. Any harmful bacteria gets cooked out of it. Whatever. I talked to the head of uh, National Re- National Resources Defense Council about food safety and expiration dates. Here's another thing. Expiration dates on your food absolutely mean nothing. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I said that one time and the food was expired a day after and I and I ate it. It was a, it was a cookie and I ate it and there was mold in the cookie. Yeah, but the day before it probably had mold too. Yeah. Right? It depends on the story on the storage conditions on where you put it in your cabinet. If you put it in a warm, damp space, it's gonna oh. grow mold. If you keep it in a cold, you know, dry space, it's not gonna grow mold. It was But the dates space. mean nothing. Yeah, no, I I agreed. I agreed up until that point where I almost poisoned one of my photographers. Yeah, well that's not good. Yeah, just like you know, smell things, but also most visible mold growing on things isn't what gives you the real bad foodborne illnesses, which mm-hmm. we're talking about like E. coli, we're talking about listeria, we're talking about salmonella. If you eat something that's moldy, like you'll kind of just throw it up and be fine. That that is what I <laughs> learned from uh, interviewing an expert on it because apparently I used to be a journalist and used to write stuff about that. The one thing she said was like, never buy bagged salad mix mm. because bagged salad mix. Once you seal up a package like that, mm-hmm. and the bacteria can just multiply. Yeah, and especially if you're eating raw greens like that. Like I mean, so many of the E. coli outbreaks. Some of the soup plantation uh, near my hometown, a person just died from E. coli <gasps> eating spinach there. So scary. Um, so many different, you know, bagged dull lettuces have been linked to listeria outbreaks. So scary. So yeah, like most foodborne illnesses will come from processing like that. Yeah. Or cantaloupes killed like 50 people. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, prepackaged ice creams were another big one. Bluebell what? had that huge outbreak. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because someone was licking them. 
What? Someone was licking a blue bell. I don't think that was the outbreak cause. Someone was licking the blue bell. I know the video you're talking about. There was a person licking the blue bell. Did they go to jail? They need to go to jail. I think they did get like they need jail time. Austin J. Baldy, (laughs) regular milk tastes gross unless with cereal or has some sort of flavor additive. Well, you're talking to a girl that has lactose intolerance. But boy, oh boy, will she drink a gallon of lactate, no problem. <laughs> Does lactate taste different to you? It's sweeter. It is sweeter, right? It's sweeter. I think it's... Well, Do they used, add sugar to it? Just used, make it more better tasting? I used to think, I don't know, in my head I was like, oh, they crush up the enzymes. That makes it more <laughs> sweeter, which is totally false. But like, I love the way regular milk tastes a lot. I so. do too. I like milk-flavored milk. Yeah, me That's too. my favorite milk. I, I hardly, I like only keep milk. I'll, I'll buy like a quart of milk every week in my apartment and just like put in my coffee sure. or use in cooking. Yeah. Um, but the other day I was just like, I'm thirsty and I don't want normal water. So I just poured myself an ice cold glass of milk probably for the first time in about a year. How good was I it? just like chugged eight ounces of ice cold whole milk oh and I was God. just like, ah. Yeah. Sometimes you need to do that. And I know it's like a, like a vegan thing and like a vegetarian thing, but like I will, one day I feel like I'll be, you know, like grown up enough to not drink milk, but I love milk and I can't help it. I, I have nothing respect for vegans and vegan antagonism kind yeah. of pisses me off when people are like, eat some bacon, then you'll be less unhappy. You know, that whole thing no. is super annoying. Nothing but respect for vegans. But one of their arguments often about not drinking milk is that, you know, what other animal in the animal kingdom drinks another animal's milk? to feed fully grown adults. That's crazy. Why would we do that? I'm like, yo, there's a lot of things humans do that other animals don't, like driving cars and writing poetry and stuff. So like, yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to- Writing to poetry? Dr- you know, like, I don't know. I ain't never seen no deer drive a Hyundai and write a sonnet. Uh, so, you know, I think we can make some exceptions critically for humans and what their development has That's been. Really and funny. I don't know if drinking milk is good or bad for people. It seems like the I government- it's bad. It seems generally not great, right? But it's, an, it's a treat. It's a treat. What a nice treat. A treat I have every day. And also the Got Milk campaign uh, is the single greatest advertising campaign in yeah. history. The white mustaches. The white mustaches. Really? There was one of white mustachioed Michael Jordan on my elementary school uh, library wall. There you go. I'll always remember that. At Chrissy underscore 401, ranch is the only wing sauce. Ranch ain't the only wing sauce. It's certainly it's, the best wing it's sauce. It's one of the best. It is. Well, you're a blue cheese gal, oh, right? Oh, hundo <laughs> You need to, okay, I already said this one time, but I'm going to say it again. You need to date someone who likes the opposite sauce on you with your wings. So whenever you get ranch and they get blue cheese and they give you uh, two of each, like one of each, like you just pass it over. So you have two of your favorite and they have two of their favorite. It's so funny how I, I diversify all of my sauce dipping so much. If I get fries, I'll have like ranch, sriracha mayo, ketchup. A barbecue sauce, a honey mustard. If I have those what? available to me, I will just dip in all of them. All of them? Repeatedly. Yeah, That's not at the lot. same time. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I love that diversity. But hot wings are a thing where I have, tr- you know, I've tried dipping them in honey mustard and anything like that. Yeah. Nothing comes anywhere near as close as ranch and blue cheese. Yeah. I am team ranch officially. I prefer the herbs and the freshness to the bites of the blue cheese. We However, I also believe that blue cheese is technically ranch. We need to debate this. We need to debate this. We need this. to have a debate. The debate is forthcoming. Winter is coming. Ring the debate bell. Winter is coming, right? That uh, what? I never I never saw Game of Thrones. Oh, I got good. into season three and then I was just like, I'm bored of this scenario. There's lots of burbage. Bur- burbage? There are naked burbs. Burbage? Burbs. What are burbs? The burbs. <laughs> Boobs? Burbs. <laughs> and on that note, thank you. <laughs> what note? Burbs? 
<laughs> Thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. We've got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Enhedizade with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pics of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at MythicalKitchen. We will see you next time. Bye! <laughs> But we go bye. Bye, Josh. I'll see, I'll see you later at the Arby's. <laughs>